When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. guys, Killstokes here and welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest on the show as I interview one of the traders that I work with, Taylor Erpelding. Now, this is an interesting interview because Taylor, what brought Taylor to my attention was his YouTube channel and a few posts that he did on the minimalistic lifestyle. And you guys know how I feel about financial education and financial responsibility. I, I don't think it is taught enough in the homes by the parents. I don't think it is nearly taught enough in the schools by the teachers. And because of that, a lot of people lack responsible or lack financial responsibility. So to see someone out here who is delivering such a great message and really sharing the tactics that he is using to be financially responsible as he follows uh, his journey of becoming a consistently profitable trader and an entrepreneur in other aspects, I think it could be very beneficial for you guys to hear. Now, I do apologize because uh, technology has failed me. It, the wasn't able to record maybe the first two minutes or so of the conversation when Taylor was introducing himself. That is my bad. The thing died on me for some reason. <laughs> I didn't realize it until after we were done. But the bulk of the interview is here. It's an awesome interview. And at the end, Taylor actually flips the script and starts asking me some questions about my journey. And we realized that we share a lot more in common than what we once thought. Below my means in a way. Um, I've never really enjoyed getting just stuff. It never brought me joy. I was always a saver. Mm -hmm. So I'm just living how I usually live, except now I have a goal in mind. And yeah. Now, was that those characteristics? Was that is that just you as a person? Was that instilled in you by parents or, or any type of experience? Or is it just, hey, that's just how I am. I don't really care about this other, this other stuff. I think it was just instilled on in me. I, I think I might've taken after my mother. Uh, she's not very good with money. <laughs> so, uh, I, I seen how, and we grew up poor. Mm -hmm. And so I, I kind of saw how that life was and how it is. And it's just something I want to break through and hopefully one day, you know, buy her a house and take care of her someday. So that's why I always think I became a saver. That's good. That's good. Um, we've spoken before about this, but you know, I, I think it's a massive problem out there, just financial education and, and financial responsibility. I think so many people aren't aware of it. They aren't educated on it. And, and partially that is, is 
parents. Like you said, your your mom wasn't really great at finances, and part of it is school as well. I don't really think it's taught as good as it should be in the educational system. So it's it's I don't know. It's 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 not an excuse for people not to be responsible, but you can kind of see why so many people struggle with it. Um, but it's pretty cool to see that you have the 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 right mindset. And it's for the right reasons. I would say this just off personal experience. Um, one of the hardest things, um, which you'll probably run into, or maybe not you, but what many people run into is when they come from a position of, of growing up poor and not having much, when they suddenly get this big um, amount of money towards them, you typically have two options to go there. You can continue with the frugal ways, which is the, the good way to do it, or you can do what many of these celebrities and, you know, like, professional athletes do um and just blow it all because they have no idea how to how to use it so um sounds like you're on the right track which is which is great now would you say there are pros and cons to this type of this type of mindset this type of um i guess living kind of below your means or what are the pros and cons of doing such um a lot more pros and cons. Uh, to me, pros, you know, I save a lot more money. I save a lot money, a lot of money. And then um, also I'm able to, you know, do what I do now is, well, what I did for the past six months was not work at all and be able to live off my savings uh, that I accumulated. I would say a con would be, um, this might come to a surprise to you, Uh-oh. but I am actually very materialistic, um, mm-hmm. even though I've never, ever, ever had anything materialistic, <laughs> like big, in a sense. Mm-hmm. It's just something I strive for. Um, but I'm ve- I'm very aware of that. I've heard too many horror stories, you know, like you said about those pros who go broke. So I, I'm well aware that I'm I'm not gonna have all that stuff for a very, very long time. But it's something I'm just looking forward to. And the cons are, I don't, I'm not able to get that right now. Hmm. That, that, that's interesting. And, and I actually, it, it comes as a surprise, but it's not too much out of the norm. And, and I think we, um, you know, we all have an ego. Um, we all want to do good. We all, in a sense, we all want people to know we do good. And I know for me, I'm, I'm, I'm very similar. I'm not very materialistic. I, you know, i I'll spend money on stuff that I can make excuses for microphones and cameras and like sporting events, stuff I like. But um, one thing I always enjoyed was I'm not really big on like cars and stuff like that, but like a, a nice watch. Like it's something about a nice watch where you kind of know you earned it. Um, it's it's flashy, but not too flashy where it's going to kind of stand out to everyone. But um, I, I think we all have kind of a little bit of that in us so it's not a not a negative in any way unless you start going on the internet with gold chains and ferraris (laughs) and telling people that they can make millions of dollars in forex really 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 quickly um so what what would be a a, i guess an approach that you use how do you keep yourself on track how do you keep yourself disciplined how do you fight the urges of of kind of going out there and, and and spending your money on stuff that you feel you shouldn't so I think I'm a unique case because um, whenever I spend money on something I totally don't need, which doesn't happen a lot, but if I do, it, I feel that in my 
soul. I feel mm. that pain of spending it. And I, I know a lot of people don't. Um, also, I keep track of everything I, like I do in my YouTube videos. And that helps me, you know, push myself to, you know, save even more or spend even less. Okay. So is it, is it kind of like a, like a game to you? Um, and not in a negative sense, but a game where you, you're tracking everything that you spend and you're, are you consistently going through it and being like, oh, I can, I can cut this out. I can, I didn't need that. Um, is that kind of the approach with, with managing it on a day to day or week to week or even month to month basis? Yeah, exactly. Just to see if I can do less than I did before. And yeah, so yeah. That's kind of cool. Um, I've spoken about this in the past, but there's a, a big difference between people that become successful and remain successful. And, and I'm, I know you've probably heard that, you know, I'm a firm believer that money can buy happiness. Um, I think if someone says money can't buy happiness, they're lying because money can put you in a, a situation to be happy, whether it's buying you uh, material items, whether it's allowing you to donate to charity and you filling that uh, void that way, or whether it's allowing you to say, hey, I'm going to quit my job and spend time traveling the world at home. I think money can buy time and, and that can buy happiness. But there is a level where the amount of money that you have, it stops providing the same type of happiness. Have, have you heard that before? Yeah, I have. Yeah, and it's, it's typically at a level where it's like, after you have enough money to fulfill all those basic survival needs. But what keeps people successful or what keeps the super successful successful is that they no longer think of it as a, a game to grab more money, but it's a, it's kind of like a challenge to win against themselves. So it's not the actual money. It's the, the process of making more money. Um, and it sounds like you're doing the same thing, but kind of in the opposite approach where it's, it's not sure it's the fact that you're saving, but now it's kind of a game. Like how much can I cut? Um, and, and that's a, a pretty cool approach. I know I've recommended people do something called the latte uh, experiment where they, they track their expenses and, and kind of see what they can cut out. And it seems like you're doing that on a, a regular basis. Um, so let me ask you this. For, for someone that maybe isn't so financially responsible, what would be like a good starting place? How can they, how can they get started on really becoming more responsible, maybe cleaning up their spending habits and, and get themselves on the right track? What would you say? I would say the biggest advice I, I think I could give to the general person is don't be impulsive. Uh, a lot of people who seize things or go out to spend money, they spend it like right there on the spot. Mm -hmm. And I think if you're going to make a bigger purchase, uh, even if you're out you know, and about and you're like, oh, I'm kind of hungry, or maybe if you're like, oh, I want a coffee, kind of think of is that really, do you really need it? Uh, and if it's a really big purchase, you know, I would say sleep on it, see if uh, you actually need that. And I say big purchase as in like over a hundred dollars. Okay, okay, so th think about it first. Um, do you think there is, I guess for people that are just starting out, is there kind of a, you know, should they take maybe a, a budgeting approach, do you think? Maybe, you know, have money in one place and then, you know, purposely save money for those type of um, expenses where it's like, hey, I can I can treat myself? Or do you think maybe kind of like a, a cold turkey, just kind of, 
you know, get after it right away? Or, or maybe does it vary per person? I would, oh, I definitely would say it varies per person. Uh, uh, I don't think a lot of people could go cold approach mm. and be able to just go right off the bat. I would say take it in steps, uh, start budgeting. I would say what I try to get my girlfriend to do, but she never does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just track what you're spending, you know, mm-hmm. and just for a whole month, just just write it down. It doesn't take just put it in your phone, go in your notes and just, you know, type in if you're spending on a coffee, just put coffee and put how much it was mm-hmm. and then just do that for a month. See what what you're spending. That's a that's a good approach. I hope I hope you don't get yourself in trouble by uh, by mentioning her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if if so, I did not promote that at all. Um, I won't tell her if you don't. There you go. Um, but I, yeah, I, I like that approach. I think I don't think it's that hard to write stuff down. I mean, it's not. I mean, unless I, I don't know how many purchases people are making on a daily basis, but I don't I don't think it's that hard to kind of in your phone or, or have a little notepad and just say, hey, coffee whatever amount. Um, and I, I kind of like that approach. I, I took the same approach as you when I, when I first started trading. Um, I live by a similar approach now. Um, a, a little bit looser. Um, I'm in a different situation now than I was, you know, years back. And that little one click buy on Amazon seems to get me. Um, and so of <laughs> buying stuff for the kids, but yeah, I think if you're aware of what and I guess the message what you're trying to say is just be aware of what you're spending it on and ask yourself, do I need this or do I want this? And, and try to spend on your needs, obviously, but but less on your wants. Is, is that safe to say? Yeah, exactly. And like what you just said, you're a little more looser. Mm-hmm. And that's like, to me you're in a way better place than I am. I, I'm in the beginning stages. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm so strict with what I'm spending my money on. And if someone is like, needs to be as strict as me, I mean, yeah, go ahead and do that. But if you're in a position where, you know, buying up something off Amazon doesn't hurt you financially. I mean, if mm-hmm. you want to treat yourself, go ahead and do it. Yeah. It, it is a gift and a curse though. And, and, Everyone makes fun of my story now about how I was, you know, spending what two hundred dollars a month. I think it was on Milky Ways, Gatorades, and and Baby Bell cheeses. Um, it's it's important, like you said, even if you're in a better situation, it's it's okay to get looser. I guess as as your finances um, get better, but I think it's important to really still stick to those principles. I mean, if you get too loose, then you run into what we said about the athletes, where you're going out and you're just recklessly spending and you know, before you know it, you're you're making a lot of money per month, perhaps, but you're it's going out just as quick, and you can actually find yourself in a a very a very poor situation. So I, I try to still implement all the tactics that you talk about. Um, I keep track of what we're spending on. I, I had a conversation with my wife today. I'm like, hey, uh, we haven't used that LA Fitness membership in a while. Can we put a, a hold on it? Because it's you know it's it takes forty bucks a month or forty dollars a month or yeah, it takes forty bucks out of our account a month, which you think about it, 40 bucks, you know, maybe isn't the biggest deal, but 400, $500 a year, that's, that's a big amount. And, and when you add up all the other things, uh, maybe a cable bill or maybe this, maybe that, um, you can easily find yourself recklessly spending thousands of dollars, uh, which could go for 
you know, go towards other things. So um, I think no matter what level you get to, um, maybe the spending loosens up. You allow yourself to, to treat yourself a little bit more. Maybe, you know, buy some material, item, material items, which is okay. But I still think you have to be grounded kind of in that concept of, of be aware and, and understand what you're spending it on. Um, so I was going to give you some time to shamelessly plug your YouTube channel. We, we, can, we can do that before we leave. But I know you said that you wanted to ask me a few questions. So um, we can kind of switch seats here. If you want to put me on the hot seat, feel free. Alrighty. So, uh, <laughs> um, so you actually answered this first question, not right here, but um, I was watching, I was listening, re-listening to your podcast, 155 shameless promotion yes um and the question was are you always looking to make more money and uh you know or are you content where you are right now you answered you said you're always trying to make more money um but then the second question would have been or the question to follow up with that is so i know you have trading as a source of income you invest in real estate and i assume the stock market actually no no well i have I have investment accounts, but I don't. I don't actively invest in the stock market. I have oh, okay. re- retirement accounts and whatnot. It, it's. Um, I would like to get back into the stock market, but the, the more dedicated I become to teaching, it's just time. Um, and I'm I'm extremely scared of doing something without doing it the right way. So unless I can give it my full attention the way I need to, I, I don't want to invest any money when I don't have to. So I. I Sorry to cut off your question, but I, I, w- I would like to get some more exposure to the stock market personally, um, but I don't have any right now. Oh, no, you didn't. Uh, so then in that sense, is there any other like sources of income you have? Well, you mentioned uh, we got trading, we got investment accounts, we have real estate business. Um, that is going to... That's, I mean, you can, I guess you can count my YouTube channel that, I mean, that doesn't, it brings in money. Yes, it does. It, it, it's not a, it's not a revenue driver that makes a big difference, but, um, that is a revenue source. I don't monetize my podcast, but that would be one as well. If I ever want to introduce a new, um, income stream, it would be monetizing the podcast. I, I can probably get some, some good money off of that. And, and those are just choices. Those are personal choices. Um, Again, I, I'm always a fan of trying to make as much money as I can, um, but I'm, al- I'm also always weighing the pros and the cons. And, um, you know, I don't think monetizing my podcast would be an issue. I just don't think it's necessary right now. And, you know, honestly, I just don't I don't feel like giving a pitch for someone else every every episode. <laughs> um, yeah. I feel like that just gets old. And, you know, and, and then the whole the whole thing with going out there and and. and promoting yourself to get people for sponsors. That's just, a, it's, it's another, it's a full business in its own right. Um, and I just, right now that's not necessary. And in, in the future, maybe, um, but not right now. So yeah, those, those are the main streams of income. Um, I do coach track and field at a local university. That brings in, um, I don't know how much I get paid for that, but that brings in some money. Um, a lot of that money gets donated right back to the school or back to the program. Um, but that does bring, um, bring in income as well. Um, but that's it. It's, it's trading, uh, trading business, uh, real estate, and uh, coaching track and field. And I guess whatever YouTube, I guess you can count as one. So then would you say like that is your, 
you're not really looking for other sources or just focus on what you have now? I'm just focused on what I have now. If the right opportunity comes, I I, I will always take it um, or I always consider it, I should say. Um, But I'm very, I just want to be very careful with what I do. Um, The brand that I have is everything. Um, and, and, and you know that the brand that tier one trading has is everything. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of opportunities out there with people, but you got to be very careful, especially in, in the trading business with who you partner with and, and, and what you commit to, because if their brand isn't as strong as yours, if they don't have as much integrity as you do, you're going to get pulled down with it. Um, one of the reasons that we wanted to, to partner with uh, SMB and really that SMB wanted to partner with us is because we kind of understand, we, we understood what each other stood for. Um, you know, Jason Greystones went out and met with Mike Bellafiori a, two t- uh, a few times. I've sp- spoken to Mike Bellafiori over the last whatever years, and we kind of know that we're on the same page and we, we want the same thing. So that was a partnership that that made sense. But you got to be careful for other people out there. I mean, I've gotten invited a million times to do. I, here, here's here's one way I can I can make extra money. Um, I can do kind of like the the speaking circuit, where you know there are trade shows all around the country, all around the world. Um, probably more popular in the Eastern world. Um, you see a lot of it in like in in, in Japan and, and in the UK, but. You can make a pretty good living just touring and, and presenting at these conferences and, and getting paid to, to do so. Um, however, I remember Jason Greystone did one last year and he just he had to take a cold shower when he was done. It was just it was, you know, obviously he was in te- he kept his integrity, but he's surrounded by the scum of the earth, just sneaky salesmen and and. And, and those are the type of people that are around that. And if, if you get the reputation of, hey, I'm like a traveling circus, you know, you're, you run the risk of getting grouped in with them. Where it's like, oh, it's here when trading. They're at that, the Bangkok thing where everyone else was scamming. They're probably scammers too. Um, so I'm very careful, very careful of what I put my name on. Um, just because the personal brand, I mean, that's, that's everything. That's, that's all we have in this business. Um, aside from that, I would say just investing in general. Um, there's an opportunity that's coming up to invest in a different type of uh, real estate business for me. It's a real estate startup. I, I can see myself getting more involved in that, being more like, a, um, um, more like a, what's the name? It's it's slipping my mind right now. I have a little bit of a brain fart. Um, <laughs> yep, I lost it. It's gone. But I, I can see myself investing in more startups. Um, and, and having a percentage of, of, of equity there as well. That's probably where I'll go to more in the future. Yeah, speaking of real estate, uh, one thing I, I personally want to do uh, by 2021 is uh, do a house hacking. Do you know what that is? I don't, but Angel Investor is the name I was looking for. But at house hacking, no, please explain. Oh, yeah, just house hacking is like you buy a duplex or a triplex and you live in one part oh. of the yeah and then you just rent out the others and that's something i want to do uh yeah by 2021 so nice that's that is how i actually got started oh really uh, yeah and i'm actually um right now i'm in the, we're, we're in the settlement period right now i'm actually that was the first property i had that's how my real estate business got started i'm actually selling that property uh you know probably within the next few days it, it's tough it's an emotional one because it's the first but um, I've made enough emotional 
mistakes that that's probably my Achilles heel is I, I get emotional with, with business. Um, it's part of like, Hey, this is my first, I always remember it. It means something to me, even if it's bleeding money. Um, (laughs) and I, and I hold on to it too long. And and this was, this was one, I'm I'm not holding on to this one too, too long. I'm getting a good deal out of it. Um, but I, I, I fear holding on to it too long, but yeah. So my first, how I got into real estate was this, I was a house hacker. Um, the first, first property I bought was a duplex, um, good area of town right near a very expensive uh, university. So there was kind of a, a safety there that you'd always have either, it was a good area, so you'd, you'd always be able to rent it out, um, whether it's to someone living in the city or that wants to be close to the city and walking distance, but not in the city, or maybe to like someone on a, a college campus. Um, and again, it was a very expensive university. So you wouldn't think people's parents wouldn't have a problem paying, you know, the, the top level for rent. Um, but I lived in, it was a two unit. I lived in the bottom unit with, for unit one, with three of my roommates. Um, te- no, technically two of my roommates, um, but one ended up having a girlfriend and she basically moved in, so it ended up being three. And I rented out the top unit. And the way I set it up was this, it was perfect. What I collected from my two and a half roommates um, basically covered the entire mortgage of the place. And whatever I got from the second unit was just icing on the cake, extra. So I was basically, I was not only living rent-free, but I was making income. Um, and the person that I'm selling the house to now is doing the same thing. They're gonna, they plan on living in the first unit and renting out the second one. I think that is a brilliant idea. Um, people, kind of the, Home ownership is getting a bad rap now. Um, and there's kind of this movement right now where it's like, oh, you shouldn't own real estate. You shouldn't own houses. You should rent. And I understand that from a certain perspective. Um, but I think it depends on the person. If, if you're going to own and own it in a way like you said, where you're owning it, but it's you know it's, an, it's not only an investment, but it's a place you can live in. Um, I think it makes perfect sense. Why, why not gain equity in something? while living there, while either living there for free or making a little bit of income off of it. Uh, I think that's, it's the best of both worlds. Oh yeah, definitely. That's why I want to do it. And uh, quick question. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you uh, go ahead and do that? Did you have to get a loan for that place or? Well, here's what I did. This was a, a sneaky way of doing it. I hope I remember it correctly. Um, so I needed to make a really big down payment. Um, because I didn't have a lot of credit. I was, I was young at the time. I was just out of college. I was, man, what was I? I had to be 20, 21. It was, it was, I was investing for a little bit, but I, I was still pretty young. I had to be 20, 21 or 22. And I was buying it from, um, a guy that ended up being my, my business mentor. Um, and, and he was, he was pushing me to get it for like a year. And I, I was, I was just scared. Um, I didn't really understand it and it was a lot of money and he was like, you got to do it. It's a good deal. And I'm like, I don't know. But what I ended up doing is when I went to grad school, I ended up taking out, I found that I, I found out that I can get a maximum student loan of about $20,000, um, in grad school, which I didn't need. So what I did was I paid for my grad school classes with my credit card. I took out the maximum loan. Student loans had a dirt cheap interest rate. Um, which was lower than kind of the the interest rate on mortgages. 
So I took the 20,000, I, I gained the extra 20,000 from basically student loans and used that to make a down payment uh, with some other money, of course, on the house, to make a massive down payment on the house, keeping my mortgage very, very, very low and basically having a half normal interest rate, half very, very, very low interest rate. Um, and obviously I, I did the math and I made sure I was able to pay back what was on the credit card in, in, a, in, a, in a quick enough way not to have it hurt me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And that's actually very smart. Yeah, yeah. Scared to death at the time. I, I didn't, it, it, I don't know how I was smart enough to do that. I, I don't even, I'm not sure, but I, I was always a numbers guy. So I, I'm assuming I was probably just sitting in my room for like days and, and just looking through different ways of, of getting money. And, and that was the way that stood out. And it, it happened to work. Um, but that's how I got started. I, I did hesitate for a, a long time before doing it. However, I was, I was very, very scared. Um, that's a big investment. Um, and at the time, I didn't know what my future was. I didn't know if I was going to be in the same city for a long time. I didn't know that if I were, you know, who, who knew? I didn't really have a job. Um, yeah, so it was, it was uh, a difficult one, but it, it, it paid off. It paid off. Oh, yeah, especially doing being that young. Um, and then I have one more last mm -hmm. question. Uh, so did you, this is kind of like questions if you answer it, whatever. Anyway, uh, so did you live uh, minimalistically when you were my age, which I'm 23? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, did. yeah, I did. I, um, when, I, when I decided that I, um, I was working three jobs, um, making probably about 35,000 a year, um, which, and, and I'm, I'm very similar to you. I never really spent money on, on anything. Um, I spent a little bit now on again, like microphones and cameras, but that's for the, the business stuff I do. But really I, I've never been one that I never bought clothes. I never, you know, I, 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 I never really bought an expensive car. I'm still driving the same car right now that I had back in, back when I first bought this property. Um, Wow. Yeah, it's it's a 2005 Toyota Camry. Now my wife's got a new car. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but I'm still I'm still driving this, and 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 it's funny. I'll I'll tell people about it, and they'll be like, you know, oh, you're supposed to be the super trader and super coach. How come you don't have a new car? It's like, I, well, I don't need it. Like it gets me from A to B. I don't really. I mean, I, I'd prefer to have like a Bluetooth setup where I can play my music wirelessly, but like. At the end of the day, I use my car to get from here to wherever I want to go. If we go on long trips, I use my wife's car. So um, it's just always been my mindset. I've never wanted to spend money on anything that wasn't a necessity. So, you know, clothing, I just wore athletic clothes all the time. Or I had like, you know, five button down shirts and like two pairs of uh, pants for, for work. Um, but aside from that, um, I didn't really spend money on anything. So I was really, really good at saving. So not only was I, I was living rent free, I was making money off of the, the property, but I was also basically saving everything I made from my three jobs. Um, so I put together a, a nest egg and, and, and when I decided to uh, really get serious about trading and, and, and pursue it, um, I, I did essentially what you're doing right now is I, I put away savings and I said, you know what, I'm going to go for it. I'm, I had an, I'm going to live off my savings for a year is what I planned out because I, I thought a year and I'd be, you know, millionaire from trader from trading. And I just I, I lived I lived 
um, below my means. It was you know cheese sandwiches, peanut butter and jelly. It was ramen noodles. It was, you know, I, I every once in a while, the wife and I would go out on a date, but you know, she was working two jobs as well. So most of the time, a date for us was like just hanging in the house and, and watching Netflix or something like that. Um, maybe take like one vacation a year with my friends. But aside from that, there wasn't no big expenses. Um, it was very, very minimal, which allowed me to really make the most out of my time and, and not really have to worry about needing to make money right away. Yeah, that's, that's very cool. One of the things that, uh, when I be, you know, achieve that thing is just, I want to be able to just live off of that. So I don't have to worry about, you know, as I emailed you and you mm -hmm. made a podcast about not have to worry about my money just draining and instead just sitting here doing what I need to do and knowing that I'm actually making a surplus. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's the cool thing about trading, especially you, you mentioned this, this is what I like about, about real estate is that, or really any any alternative stream of income is that you don't have to, the, the, the key in trading or the goal in trading should be to compound your money, right? The more money you keep into your account, you can do the same thing and actually make more money out of it. It, 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 it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And if you can do that without touching it, I mean, that's a plus. So if you have other income streams, whether it's real estate or whether it's, you know, podcast promotion or, or teaching, um, it allows you to do what you need to do without touching your trading income. And, you know, from a teaching perspective, I get that a lot. We always get, uh, you know, well, if you're such a good trader, how come you're teaching? Well, because I don't, I don't necessarily want to, first of all, I like teaching. That's, that's first and foremost, I love it and I can make money off of it. So there's nothing better in life than doing something you love and making money off of it. But it allows me not to touch my trading account. And when I don't touch my trading account, it just grows at a, it accelerates at a much more rapid pace, which ends up making more money. Um, and then eventually that money can be used for whatever. It could be used you know, college for the kids. It could be used to, to buy more properties. It's just, you have that freedom. And like you said, you don't have to take money out of something. And that's, that's massive. And I, I don't, I don't think a lot of people understand it. I think a lot of people are conditioned to paycheck comes in, paycheck goes out, paycheck comes in, paycheck goes out and really living month to month, week to week. Yeah, uh, something, I, I said that I was materialistic, which I, I guess I am in a mind sense, but mm -hmm. something that excites me even more um, living this way is putting my money into a place where it would make me even more money. You know, mm -hmm. I, I get excited if I put it into an ally bank where it would make <laughs> me 1.9% annually or putting it into a Roth IRA, or putting it into my trading account to make more money. Yeah, and that's spoken like a true investor. I, I, I remember when I was little, um, I would go through the paper and uh, just look at different rates and like uh, <laughs> money market accounts and CDs. My, 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 dad, my dad did a good job of just teaching me about investing. So um, after like a savings account, he taught me about money markets and CDs. Like, hey, you know, you, you give the bank your money for like this dedicated period of time and they give you this account or they give you this interest rate. And I remember just going around collecting Sunday papers and I go through them and just like comparing accounts. I'm like, okay, uh, Ally Bank, all right, five years for this rate. Okay, well, oh, GMA, uh, GMAC, I think it was at the time, three years for this much. And like nerding out over that stuff, like where can I put my money and get the, 
the the most bang for the buck. Um, I remember having some savings bonds and um, savings bonds mature for, for the listeners that, that aren't necessarily, uh, they don't know about them. Basically, you, you, you buy something for a certain rate and it matures over time. So it could be, you know, depending on what you, 10 years, for example, in 10 years, it hits this rate. And basically, you can end up having more than what you initially buy it for if, if everything goes the right way. So I remember having a little calculator on um, the Internet and you'd plug in like the serial number of your savings bond and you can see like, ooh, by 2020, it'll be worth this much. And just getting getting pumped over that, like if I just save it for 12 more years and, you know, just I guess we, we've always both had that mindset of like, it's amazing the fact that money can make money. It's, it's working for you and you're not really doing anything. It's just working for you. It's making money for you. Yeah, I, I'm smiling right now because <laughs> I can definitely re- or, um, resonate with that because I, I do the same exact thing as well. We're nerds, man. We're <laughs> we're, we're investment nerds. Jason, if you ever get a chance to talk to Jason Greystone, he's the same exact way. He's just an investment nerd. Whether it's like a penny, one penny turning into two pennies, the principle of the thing. He's like, I can put my money in this and it'll, it'll, it'll accelerate it to this and this amount. And it's it's Darren too, Darren we're all the same way, Charles. It's 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 a mindset. It's, it's and I guess mm-hmm. it's the successful mindset. So it's cool to hear that, you know, you're you're right on the same page with, with us. And you know, you you have that successful mindset. Then it's just time, just a matter of a matter of time before it happens. Yeah, definitely. Because patience does take in a factor on this stuff. So. Oh, yeah, and I'll I'll give some perspective. It's very easy for me to speak back on it now from the. The, you know, I, I hate calling myself successful because, you know, just in my mind, I never want to, I feel like if I admit that you start to settle and, you know, I'm like you to competitive is like, I'm never successful. I'm always a loser. Like keep fighting hard underdog <laughs> mentality. But it's amazing the perspective I have now where I look back when I was in your shoes and the mindset was like, man, am I ever going to make it out? Like I'm grinding, I'm grinding and you're not seeing any type of result. And it's like, why am I wasting time and effort? doing all this there's no light at the end of the tunnel and it's just like every day is like a a mental struggle and i look at it now and it's like man like i spent probably two or three years feeling that way but i've spent 10 years feeling a completely different way and it, i'm getting to the point where you never forget those times but it's it's that time of struggle is is getting so far away from me that it's like you realize like man like it's nothing in the bigger picture like you said you're you're 23 right mm-hmm. like yeah. l- l- let's say you have to struggle until you're 30 let's say 7 years of grinding and getting it right and you get it right and then you're just acquiring money and waiting to it letting it build and you struggle until you're 30 right hopefully we all live a, a full healthy life but if we're, if we're living till 90 man you've got 60 years to reap the benefits mm-hmm. 60 yep. years maybe Maybe 50, maybe when you get 80, you stop being as mobile. You can't travel the world the way you want to. But you got 50 years to, to reap the benefits of it. And you look back and you're like, okay, seven years of struggle, 50 years of pleasure. I, I, that's a good investment. <laughs> any, way you, like, any way you look at it, that's a great investment. 50 for seven. Yeah, that, exactly. Like I have that mindset right now is, is it ever going to happen? Am I ever going to see the light of the tunnel? And then I think of stories like you mm-hmm. or, you know, Gary Vee or yeah. people like them. It's like they they made it and they do look back on those times and be like, yeah, it, it sucks. And that's what keeps me going forward as well. 
Yeah, I, I think that's the best thing. That's what got me through was watching people. I, I wasn't Gary V at the time, but it was other people that are just <laughs> like, um, I wish I had Gary V back then. But it was it was people like that where it's like, wait a minute, you sucked too. Like I know I know Market Wizards was a great book for me because I realized all these great traders were bad for a really long time, and I was like, I'm bad too. That means I still have hope and. I think as long as we have hope and, and, and we have people that we can surround ourselves, whether it's myself, whether it's Jason, Gary V, or you know, even the, the traders on our community that are kind of getting to that point where they're succeeding, um, I think it's those small things that help us help us win those daily, those tough daily battles. And if we can just keep winning and grinding it out, grinding it out, um, we'll get there. And, and before you know it, you know. You'll be in my shoes where you're you're talking to a younger trader, or a younger investor, and you're like, "Man, it was I, I feel you," um, and that that's kind of a cool place to be. Uh, so before I let you go, I, I need you. You shamelessly promoted my podcast, which I appreciate. <laughs> um, please shamelessly promote yourself. Let people know where they can find you, whether it's YouTube, social media. Um, this is another thing that you can build the business off of in a, in a way. Um, I know there are some legal legalities with being fin- a financial coach and whatnot, but um, yeah, where, where can people find you? Where can people learn more about your journey and, 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 and get tips from you about just how to become more financially responsible and, and how to kind of just grind through and pursue your dreams? Yeah, so YouTube is just my name. I think if you search it, it should just pop up, even though I'm relatively small. I, there's not many people out in the world that have my name. Okay. You want to go ahead and sp- spell out your last name real quick, just so people know? Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, so the first name's Taylor, and then the last name is E-R-P as in Patrick, E-L-D as in dog, I-N-G. Perfect. And then um, you can go ahead and follow me on Instagram, it's uh, at Trader Taylor Earp. And that's all the social media I have. That is perfect. I, I said that spell it out because I do that all the time. I'll, I'll say something and how do you spell that? I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't really. <laughs> I'll do stuff like where it's like, uh, you know, Jack Schwagger or something like that or, or listen to this mm-hmm. guy. And they're like, uh, but yeah, so that's good. Um, so I appreciate you hanging out with me. Um, I Thank you. This has been a great experience. No, no, no problem. As always, I, I you know despite being in the position I, I am in, I always try to pay attention. Um, and, and you're a person that I've paid attention to because again, I always want to make sure I stay on track. It's very easy to kind of slip through the cracks uh, when you, you, I don't want to say you don't have to grind as hard, but when it's easier to make kind of those financial slip ups. So, you know, seeing your content out there is kind of a daily reminder, like, Hey, Akil, stop spending $200 a month on <laughs> Milky Ways, Gatorade and baby bell cheese. So do me a favor, uh, traders uh, and non-traders, go out there and follow Taylor on Instagram. He gave you the address. Go ahead and follow him on YouTube. He gave you the address. I'll put them both in the show notes as well. He's a great follower um, and feel free to reach out to him. Um, shoot him a message if you want any any tips or just, uh, just want to speak with someone who's going through the journey as well. And uh, I appreciate you guys joining us for this episode. Until next time, plan your trade, trade your plan. Take care. Thank you. No, thank you. That was, it's, I know it's like (laughs) no big deal for you, but this is like the biggest thing out there for me. And I'm sure you had that same experience with Jason Stapleton. Um, Yeah, yeah. It's, 
it, I still find it weird being on this side. I, I, I try to keep, despite some of my rants, I, I try to keep myself as humble as possible. I really don't like like the spotlight and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's always, I mean, it's always weird for me where people get excited like to talk to you. It's like, ah, but I, I, I understand. I understand. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, this will be you one day, man. So you, you'll, you'll have a chance to in, in, in some way experience it. But yeah, it's it was it was good. I love doing stuff like this. Yeah, it was fun. Mm-hmm.